A seafaring adventure through One Piece. I'm your Captain Jay. I'm your Captain Jamie. Hi, Jay. Hi, Jamie. We we're back. We're back. It's been a little while. We went on an adventure in packs, and yeah. then some. We got kind of sidetracked a little bit, but we're back. We're back, and it's good. We're ready to talk about some pirates. Yeah, I'm really excited because this morning I got the extra shells for my shells, and now I have a proper full. Like, very pretty bookshelf for my One Piece volumes. I saw the pictures. They're really pretty. I just sort of have my books scattered all over the place right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so there's there's one thing I want to ask you, Jay. Yeah. I was thinking about it. I was, I was reading it. I was like, man, I want to think of some, like, fitting music for listening to One Piece. And then it got me thinking, like, what music does Jay listen to when she's reading One Piece? Okay, I actually have a little bit of a, a little bit of an array when it comes to music while I'm listening to One Piece. So I find myself trying to find some thematic instrumental stuff or just oh. some, just some stuff that kind of fits with the theme of pirates. Yeah. So I actually have like a little playlist on YouTube. Oh no! Don't tell me you uh, listen to like Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh God, no! I have I found this I found this one video of like. It's just a bunch of, like, real sea shanties. Just people singing sea shanties. Really? Yeah. And this, so you've been listening to some of that. Yeah. And then the soundtrack to uh, the, the Return of the Oberdeen is very, very good. I'll have to check that out. See? See? And now I got some recommendations for <laughs> some music to put on. I also say there's a specific band that I've always liked listening to. They're called Walk Off the Earth. Um, oh yes. yeah, you showed me them. Yes, one of their more recent albums is like just it's like number one summertime jams, and it just I've always associated with One Piece. Oh, that's really sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I was when I was listening to, or when I was uh, reading last, I was trying to think of something to put on, and I was like, I more think was thinking about the energy. And so I put on Anamanaguchi. It's oh, just, yeah. It's loud and rowdy. Like, that's just a lot of energy. Yeah. All right. So volume 19. Things get real messy and start moving real quick. It This, okay. So these three volumes, it just sort of, just sort of became a soup in my mind. I had to basically read these like two and a half times, <laughs> these three volumes. Yeah. Because so much stuff happens and all of it is hard to keep track of. It is, yeah. It can, it's, like, it's a lot. Yeah, and it gets really jumbled. Like, yeah, he, has seriously. Make, he has maps constantly going on. Right? And he's, like, giving, like, timetables and, and trying, like, m- trying to make sure you understand, like, where in the timeline of things this particular event is happening. Mm-hmm. As, as far as, like, where it relates to the rebels getting to the capital. <laughs> it's almost as if Oda is trying to figure out He's never done a climax this complicated before. Mm-hmm. So he's like, this is like new to him too. It's like, okay, bear with me for a sec. Let me explain <laughs> yeah. this. But We're eight I, hours out. <laughs> yeah, so things are kind of rough and like messy for the king here. Things are looking bad for the point of view of the rebels and all that. Um, yeah. One thing I, re- I really like the king. 
Like, yes. especially since, like, so far we've gotten, like, all of these, like, corrupt leaders in, like, especially after Wapple. Like, we oh, just God, have Wapple, yeah. and then we go into uh, Cobra, and, like, this guy is, he's just got a good head on his shoulders and very compassionate. It's it's really interesting because it's 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 almost like Wapple was set up specifically yeah. for this for this comparison, where it's like okay now that I've shown you a truly terrible king, here's like a completely benevolent king. Mm-hmm. Like Oda kind of goes out of his way to demonstrate no for real though he's actually a good guy. Yeah, it, it becomes even more tragic because it's it's hammered home that Crocodile has thrown such a sharp wedge in between. Cobra so much so that they still kingdom. wanted to believe him. Yes, even uh, even Koza. Yeah, like it's That's... skipping ahead a little, but I think in this like point, it's appropriate to mention. Like in the end, he still wanted to believe in him. Yeah, and it's contrasted by Crocodile, who is a complete and total monster, but he is still like absolutely loved by the people. They see him as a hero, and it's. Ugh, it's just so, it's so evil. Mm-hmm. And so we got, we got the crew heading to rain base, just dead on. Luffy's gonna, Luffy's going after Croc. He wants to <laughs> kick his butt so bad. He wants to kick his butt! <laughs> he just keeps saying it over and over again. He just he's, wants to kick his butt He's so gonna bad. do it, he's gonna do it. <laughs> and, like, along the way, like, what the fuck, high smoker? Oh, yeah! By the way, Smoker's here. As if we didn't need more characters, like, thrown into this complicated soup. Also, the Navy's here, and also they're after the Straw Hats, and they're also getting in the way. Oh, Zoro runs into Toshigi along the way. Oh, I yeah, that's right. That. Yeah, like, at least yeah. briefly mention that. And it's really weird and awkward. <laughs> like, what a goober. Like, why is he so awkward about Toshigi? I mean, it's obvious why, but... He acts like a total goober about it. It's hilarious. Like, he's so... I don't want to say he's always calm and collected, because obviously he's not. But usually when he's, like, dealing with an enemy, he's he's very, like, almost cocky and very uh, sure-footed of himself. He's flustered by Tashigi! So flustered! He's so flustered by her! Like, she's she is ready to... Like, she's ready to go. She's ready to fight this guy. And he's just like, I don't know, whatever. And then he just books it. <laughs> whatever, bye! <laughs> they do make it into the casino and then immediately get captured, because of course. Because <laughs> that seems like a good idea. Go exactly where the bad guy tells you to. It's it's so funny how this entire, these, all three of these volumes are just a freaking sprint. And, and yeah. it's like, even here in the beginning, it's like, okay, we gotta get to the casino. Okay, we're in the casino. Okay, just keep going. Oh, whoops, we're captured. Like, oh no, we're trapped. <laughs> oh no, we need to be here now. The, the entire point of coming to Rain Base was so that Luffy could fight Crocodile, and Crocodile just having none of it. Like, whoops, locked up. But then, like, okay, so then outside of outside of Rain Diner or Rain Dinners, terrible name for a casino. Yeah, <laughs> just what? saying, Croc. Um. Pell, who's supposed to be this country's greatest warrior, shows up to try and save Vivi. It grows really terribly, because as it turns out, Miss All Sunday's amazing. And Rex is shit, like, immediately. Like, immediately. She has one of the coolest devil fruit powers that we've been introduced to so far. 
I loved her abilities. Yeah. It's such a cool concept. It's so unique. Sprouting she just, pansies. She just sprouts limbs. Like, it's such a, it's, oh, it's so cool. And she uses it in neat ways. That's the thing. Like, it's a weird power, but she's like, yeah. I do want to mention that um, they're they're trapped in this cage that's made from this anti-devil fruit stone, which is pretty significant. And, yeah. And Smoker's baton is made out of it, too. And it seems like this is this is an important thing in the broad scheme too. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's interesting because it, it feels like Otis he's he's introduced this idea of these fruits that can give you superpowers, and now he's finding himself having to like come up with rules to mm-hmm. <laughs> to to fill out the world and and give limitations. Like, but it's just interesting because as we go farther along in the Grand Line, you're we are going to see more of these like. The, the, the kind of development of devil fruit as more than just, like, a legendary concept. It like, becomes, like, it's already becoming quite a <laughs> regular thing. Yeah, it, like, like, in the East Blue, this is one of the funniest things to me, because in the East Blue, it was, like, it was, it was such a rare thing that they were, like, legendary. P- a lot of people didn't really believe that they existed. Like, when Buggy found his fruit, he was like, nah, it's a load of, whatever. Yeah. I, <laughs> um... Uh, but in on the Grand Line, it's just, like, they're freaking everywhere. I guess, like, the deeper you go, the more necessary it is to survive. I, yeah, I guess so. And, and, then, and then, as a result, it becomes even more impressive when you meet someone who's very powerful, who doesn't rely on one. Mm. Um, but that's getting a little ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Anyway, Baroque Works' plan gets even more devious. We have Bond Clay attacking the port city. Some more sabotage. And again, it just feels like a full sprint. Like, just stuff just snowballs so quickly. Like, it gets worse and worse and worse and worse. Just Somehow gets worse. Yeah. The, I mean, that's that's this entire arc. is just stuff. Just It just keeps... You think it's bad. Things keep snowballing. Like, ah, oh, the, the, the port's on fire. Oh, no. A, a ship it could be worse, and it is. Yeah. <laughs> so these guys gotta get the hell out of there. So, so Vivi shows up, and Crocodile Crocodile has them in this cage, and all he wants to do is monologue. <laughs> he does. He's he's such a straight up villain. He loves hearing his own voice. And the thing is, is that it it takes him a billion years to leave this fucking room. He's there he keeps, for a while. He keeps turning around as if he's going to leave and then turning back around to deliver <laughs> a one. He's that guy. He's that guy. He's that guy that just won't go. He won't stop delivering one-liners. It, it, like this, it, I, I, when I was doing my second reading of this chapter, I was just so annoyed. It's like, Crocodile, just, just fucking go. leave. I'm flipping through it now with your right. Like, <laughs> he's like walking like, ha ha ha. He like he's he's being the whole like gentlemanly evil guy to Vivi and then like taunting her and letting himself be attacked but then fainting like uh and then he's like oh here's a key oh I guess I dropped it oh it looks like the gators are and again just the snowball of it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse and over here he's just like well I guess we'll just have to fight them all ha 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 and he just won't just... leave. <laughs> It's time to go to bed. <laughs> it's it's 1 a.m., Crook. <laughs> Just go. And, and the thing is, it's even more frustrating because what happens 
because he doesn't leave. Fucking Sanji. <laughs> Restaurant La Crap returns. <laughs> okay. Restaurant La Crap is like one of my favorite jokes that Oda makes in this entire series. Oh, yes. It's it's interesting because it's a gag that you could only really make in a comic, right? Mm-hmm. Because in a cartoon or in a movie, you'd hear the person's voice and you'd know that it's Sanji. But like the reveal of like oh, them getting a call from one of their minions and him kind of talking for a little too much. Like, why are you talking so much? And then suddenly he just says, this restaurant the crap. Like, it's so good. <laughs> there he is! I remember the first time I read this, I forgot that he was missing. Like, I just forgot about Sanji yeah. for a while. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, it's easy to, cause, uh, because, it, like, it's just going, 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 this whole plot. God, he Crocodile stops to laugh evilly so many times. <laughs> I fucking hate it. Just fucking go. I love Crocodile as a villain, but I think this is such a like a like the purest example of anime villain bullshit. Man, but boy, do they play him. Oh gosh. For oh, real. it's so satisfying and hilarious. Alright, so something something interesting happens as they manage to, like, narrowly escape the the casino. Zoro saves Smoker. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> because Luffy tells him to. I actually, I really like the, the clarification on Zoro's end where he's just like, I would have let you drown. <laughs> yeah, Luffy made him save him. Yeah, so, and it's never really, it, it isn't super clear as to why, because as soon as Luffy is up and they're safe... Luffy's like, okay, Smoker, so you want to fight? Like, are we fighting right now? And he's ready to he's ready to beat down. Yeah. But it's interesting because I feel like Luffy's interest in saving Smoker... Oda established Smoker as he's a man with authority, but he is also not a monster like every other man of authority he's we've still run into. Not lis- he, he's still not bound to the authority. Right. They yeah. even have the they even have the the exchange between one of his his lackeys where the guy the the other sailor is like won't brass be upset about that and there's, there's just like the dramatic close up on Smoker's face just like do you think I care what the brass thinks <laughs> like oh what a cool guy and and again it goes with the the whole anti authority like like yes Smoker is a leader he's he's a guy with authority but he's not he doesn't abuse his powers and then also he knows when to ignore authority mm-hmm. when it's for, you know, what he believes in. Yeah, he clearly has uh, his own sense of justice. Yeah, and, and, and as a result, even though he's technically, you know, not on the side of Luffy and the crew, it sort of puts him on the side of Luffy and the crew. You kind of understand why why Luffy might have wanted to save this guy, because he understands that they kind of see eye to eye in a way. Smoker's an interesting character, for sure. Rush, rush. Rush to Alabarna. Yeah, and, and on again, that it, weird crab. Immediately, like it slows down for a second for them to have the conversation with Smoker and for Smoker to be like, "Okay, you guys can go," and then it immediately picks back up again. And mm-hmm. suddenly, again, it's just like, "There's a crab. We gotta get on the crab. Let's go." Like, oh no, Vega's been hooked by Croc. Oh no, oh, wait, never mind. Luffy's hooked by Croc now. Where did this crab come from? Ah. Oh man, but that giant crab, another one of those cases that you just see Oda having so much fun with that stupid crab. He just wanted to draw an animal, really. <laughs> and he did it. Yeah, so this this does lead us into volume 20, and we get into our first fight? Our first fight. Yeah, Griff's with... splitting up again. Yeah. Luffy's not, li- Luffy's not with his crew. 
and he is gonna kick Croc's butt. Well, <laughs> well. So let's talk about this for a second. Um, Luffy doesn't kick his butt. No. In fact, he gets his ass kicked pretty good. He does, despite um, trying to chomp his head off. <laughs> it's a good fight. We haven't really seen Luffy lose this way before. Like, where we've seen him get outsmarted before, but him just kind of just being zero, like, just not a match at all to who he's fighting with. He's definitely way in over his yeah. head on this one. And, and the thing that I wanted to ask is, when Luffy jumped off the crab to save Vivi, do you think that he realized he wasn't going to win this fight? Ooh. Ooh. Like, I, I got this, I got this, uh, immediate impression, like, that him and Zoro both knew that this wasn't going to end in him defeating Crocodile. Like, this isn't, this, this wasn't going to be- That's an interesting question, especially since, like, later. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I, like, even Zoro says, uh, when Zoro's talking to Vivi about it, he doesn't say Luffy's gonna defeat Crocodile for us. He says Luffy's buying us time. Like, he knows. He knows Luffy's not going to beat him there. And I think Luffy realized that, too, that this was just going to be a dry run. He was just going to see what he could do and then try to buy some time for his friends. Yeah. Also, one thing that I really liked about this fight is Luffy does that thing again that he did at the end of Volume 18 where he just sort of turns his personality off for a minute. He gets real. He just gets up and he's just like telling Croc exactly how it is just he he he's he's just really eloquent explaining like why he is fighting he's like Vivi isn't very strong physically but she has a really strong heart and he just like explains it very clearly and very seriously and then he just turns right back into Luffy and mm-hmm. he's like I'm gonna kick your butt Croc yeah his motivations he he gets very clear-headed when it comes to his motivations and we also get we also get the, the 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 sort of theme of this particular villain the 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 antithesis of Luffy's journey during this chapter of like ah oh, friendship and attachment makes you weak and being attached to the country makes Vivi weak and that's what makes me strong because I don't care about anyone. Boo, Friend- boo the villain. Boo. <laughs> the, the vi- <laughs> Exactly. The villain stands up, says friendship is stupid, and then Luffy says nuh-uh, and then they fight. <laughs> that's like that's honestly most of One Piece. It's One Piece in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Luffy does get his ass kicked. And it seems like he's about to die. Yeah, he's in rough shape after that fight. That's another moment getting taken in by quicksand. There's no way out of this. He's saved. He's saved by who? Hey, now we know the Nico Robin. It's the Nico Robin. Yeah. And now we don't have to keep. Now we don't have to keep calling her all Sunday, which is not as much as a mouthful. Boof. Yeah. <laughs> Croc, thanks, Croc, for blurting that out and spilling the beans. <laughs> Spill, spilled those beans. Yeah. So she comes in and saves him, and that actually, like, in that point is a turning point where it starts showing that she is not actually a killer. Yeah, it's, I, I, Robin's a really interesting character in that way because she's associated with, she's the, technically the partner, quote unquote, of this, like, just villain, just, like, the the most villainy, villainy villain that that has been in this freaking comic so far. 
Um, but her motive, you, you get it as you start to get a sense that her motives are not as nearly as cut and dry as Crocs. Something ain't adding up here. Yeah, she she clearly has her own stuff going on, and yeah. doesn't necessarily involve you know trying to slaughter everyone. And it is very quickly like becoming obvious that she is kind of doing doing her thing now. Yeah, yeah. She also she also gets to be she does the she does the thing that happens in One Piece where she's cryptic about something that we aren't gonna learn about for another like thirty volumes. <laughs> she mentions Luffy's D in his name. She mentions his D. Oh, again, there's that D. <laughs> Ominous. <laughs> things are starting to heat up and they have to cross the desert. And again, things just snowball and start rolling and rolling and rolling. Um, it, 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 it's, it's almost like Oda realized he needed to explain how they crossed the desert so quickly. And so he couldn't decide on one solution. <laughs> but it does also, at the same time, though, it does kind of work with the whole theme of the arc because it's like croc is all friendship makes you weak but the only way the yeah. only reason they were able to cross the desert is because all of these friends coming along to help them out yeah they, got, like they was, got their fast track yeah they got the crab and then the 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 dugongs that luffy befriended earlier yeah. and and then karu shows up with all his buddies speaking of karu did you by any chance also appreciate the fact that we we now know what the fastest creature in Alabasta is. <laughs> Wait, what was that? What? What? Every other time a creature has been introduced to us as being like a native of Alabasta, Oda has pointed out like where they rank on speed in, in the, in, on the island. So like we had those lizards, which I think were like the third fastest. And then we saw the, the special crocodile, the special gator that Robin was riding in. And he, and he makes a note. This is the second fastest creature in alabasta now we know the fastest animal in alabasta it's the ducks <laughs> <laughs> and now it just gets more chaotic it does but at the same time it becomes a little bit more easy to parse because they they split up but now we're like okay now it's fight time yeah now it's time for fights so brokeworks is waiting at the front gate to stop vb from coming in but the crew comes up with this this very clever plan. They dress up the camel. <laughs> <laughs> the camel friend saves the day. I actually really love the reveal uh, when all of the broke work split off to chase ind the individual uh, crew members. Yeah. And then they all take off their hoods and you're like, ah! Yeah, that, that panel. It was, it was none of us, you fools! Yeah. And it leads us into... Four, five separate fights? We get an assortment of fights here. Tell me about them, Jamie. Oh, man. Poor Usopp and Chopper. <laughs> get a real brutal little matchup. Chopper and Usopp face off against Mr. Four and Miss Merry Christmas. The, the weirdest of the Baroque works officers. Oh, my God. And then, like, their little gun that ate a devil fruit. What? <laughs> What? Oh, that reminds me actually. Let me let me talk about this right here. So the first time we run into a Zoan type devil fruit, that's the devil fruits that can turn you into animal, or in Chopper's case, can turn you into a human. Um that was back in that was back in the Drum Kingdom, right? Yeah. 
It feels like since then, Oda's realized, like, oh crap, I can just give him the superpower of animal. Let me just do that. Because <laughs> we've all of a sudden run into a ton of Zoan types. Just just all of a sudden. We haven't seen a single one up until this point. Now all of a sudden there's a ton of them. Yeah. But yeah, I just wanted to point that out because I gotta... Because we, cause we know Oda loves drawing animals. Yeah. <laughs> so I just like the idea of him suddenly realizing, oh snap! So there's technology to make inanimate objects have devil fruits. Eat devil fruits. One of my favorite things about this is when Usopp is trying to, like, question it and get more information. Like, how does that... What are you... Who? Why? Like, Miss Merry Christmas just yells, shut up. And it's like, that's Oda's way of (laughs) telling the audience, don't worry about it. Just let's keep going. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that, that fight is definitely like poor kids it's it's kind of short but it's it's brutal for both of them like they get (laughs) Usopp gets hurt (laughs) he gets in a real bad way but it's 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 interesting to see Usopp go into this like legitimate fight though yeah usually he gets scared and runs away and this time he 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 doesn't really he's he's really there to, to to fight the bad guys his, his attitude kind of changes even more when they start talking crap about Luffy. Yeah, for sure. Like, the the idea that Luffy could ever lose, he... It, it, it gets him upsetty spaghetti. Mm-hmm. But also, this fight is kind of typical for Usopp because it relies so heavily on his craftiness. Crafty, and his yeah. And his deception. The, the, the five-ton hammer. <laughs> and paper mache. <laughs> paper no mache! It's collapsible and easy to carry. <laughs> yeah, they they work together pretty well too. They do like, with with Chopper's brains, and they're both smart. They're both really smart. Yeah, and crafty in different ways. And together, they're able to figure out a way to defeat these two. Uh, <laughs> they solve the a, puzzle. A, we didn't say their their powers yet. Uh, it, it's a mole woman and a pinch hitter, basically. <laughs> That's that's Mr. Four's ability is that he's real good at baseball. He hits All right. balls. He hits balls, they explode, I guess. And his bat is really heavy for some reason. I they're weird. These it's it's fine. These it's, are definitely fine. the weirdest of the the baroque works. <laughs> yeah, it gets a little bit more standard from here on. Um and I think it's funny that they threw them onto Usopp and Chopper. They get the, the weirdos. The t- <laughs> you guys can fight the weirdos. <laughs> So meanwhile, uh, Sanji's hashing it out with uh, Bon Clay. Yeah, like Bon Clay got caught though. Bon Clay yeah. was trying to deceive Vivi. Oh yeah, that's right. Yes, like the first we, time they actually like their their armbands worked out. We finally get the the reveal of what <laughs> it was Zoro's plan too, which is hilarious because he's an idiot. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually a pretty good decoy. Hey. They actually they, they even they even say that like wow that's a pretty clever idea for you Zoro. <laughs> it, it's such oh it's it is such a good reveal though when they figure that out you're not Usopp. Mm-hmm. And then Bon Clay has to fight Sanji. The fight with Sanji and Bon Clay is very good. That's a good matchup too. That's a good matchup. They're they're both very good at kicks. <laughs> <laughs> they, they kick. <laughs> they're both. It's and it's kind of the first time we've seen Sanji get to kind of go mano y mano with. That's true a, because another good kicker um, in Joe Island he wasn't allowed to fight. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. 
We haven't seen him fight in a, kind of a while. Yeah. Yeah, because he keeps, like, disappearing. <laughs> Did you notice that? Like, yeah, that's true. Yeah, like, he, he uh, disappeared with uh, Mr. Three. Yeah. It, on Little Garden, he was just hanging out and drinking tea while they were all in deadly peril. About to chop a limb off. It's it's fine. <laughs> Zoro's legs healed. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, I, it, it's just more of Bond Clay. Um... I was actually talking about this with a friend the other day. Um, Bon Clay is really interesting because he loves people and he likes making friends. But unlike Hachan, which we'll get into, he is actually deadly. Like, he might love people, but don't want him coming after you. Yeah, he's he's a really... Bon Clay is such an interesting quote-unquote villain. Um, because, uh, he, he, he's already befriended these guys. He seems like just kind of a cool guy. He, he, he was really close with all of his, uh, minions. Like, he got really upset at Mr. One when Mr. One beat up his, his, uh, lackeys. Um, which is not characteristic of One Piece villains at all. You know, give a crap. Um, Even in in this fight with Sanji, like, he, he compliments him constantly. Like, he's like, like, you're cool. (laughs) Yeah, he's he's legitimately impressed, and and it, it leads to a lot of really good moments between the two of them, um, especially at the end. But it still says, like, the spoils of victory, a dubious friendship, like, despite that. Yes! Like, that it, it ends on the note that, like, yeah, they're friends. Yeah. <laughs> okay, oh, okay. So, one of my favorite panels in this entire... Uh, uh, volume is the one where they're kind of like kicking each other in midair, and it's the entire it's it's an, an a single page spread of just them kind of cr- crossing swords, as it were, uh, Ooh, with their kicks. Yeah. Yes. Very oh good. yeah, yeah! I just pulled it up. Like all of that negative space on it. Yes. Ooh. <laughs> and and Sanji's pose, like it's such a good example of just really solid ink work. Because mm-hmm. uh, spot blacking is so freaking hard to do well, mm-hmm. and a manga artists, especially especially Oda, just so good at it. He he gets to really show his strengths with that in with Sanji, especially yes. because of his black yes. suit. Like there was a couple, there was a panel in another volume that I think I noted that was really cool. Just the way that like Sanji's like spot like it was just his torso, but the way he was curved just looked really cool and had such a dynamic pose, even though it was kind of a whatever panel. Like, yeah. he just looked freaking cool. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's funny, because now that I'm looking at it, it must make Sanji so easy to draw, because he's just... He, the entire thing is spot black. Like He does really oh, good so silhouettes good. with him. Yes. And the thing is, is that it, it helps the scene read so well. Like, this entire fight... Like, fights can be so chaotic in comic books, but you, you can always tell what's going on because of... Uh, of of the use of contrast especially with Sanji Mm -hmm. like he just sticks out and it's so easy to read all of his motions and boy does it accentuate his all limbs (laughs) the fact he's such a skinny boy he's so lanky and long and he's such a bead sprout and then like things kind of sort out with um double finger Nami and Zoro Mr. One but it mostly focuses on double finger versus Nami first yes and so so Nami kind of gets her first fight. So how do you feel about Nami's baton? <laughs> All right, I have mixed feelings about Nami's baton. 
I do too. Because on one hand, it it feels so cool that this so this is her quote unquote superpower is that she is unbelievably knowledgeable about the sea and about weather. Like this is she it, it's so amazing that Vivi has to point it out when Nami was sick. Nami was able to just kind of sense a storm brewing, which mm-hmm. is insane. So it it's really cool that Oda thought like, what if I gave her a weapon that lets her utilize that power? It feels so contrived. It feels so silly. Even for One Piece, it feels... I, I, I will say that I feel like it gets better. It feels... It starts to feel better later on. Yeah, and especially, like, it, it felt like mostly a joke in this match. Like, her... Oh, yeah, like, no. It, it was... It was... I, <laughs> I mean, I will say that I thought it was... The entire thing was hilarious. Like, I mean, all of Usopp's quote-unquote weapons are... With the exception of his slingshots are... Gimmicks. Like gimmicks yeah, yeah they are like the five ton hammer it's just frying pans really <laughs> so so he he makes he makes nami a weapon but he he kind of accidentally makes it a weapon it, its main purpose in all of his instructions is oh this is fun this is silly <laughs> <laughs> this is made for a good time yeah yeah but honestly i, I think this is a kind of a this is a really fun fight at the same time watching her kind of struggle with Usopp's instructions and having to deal with Usopp's bullshit. <laughs> I really love Double Finger though. For this design that's like this I don't know, dominatrix thing going on. Yeah. Like she's actually really cool. Yeah. I I really enjoyed her powers and all of her spikiness and it's done in a clever way. Like, yeah. I I also love the uh, her iconic like walk. Yeah, like her hips Oda going takes back and forth. Every single time he draws, it takes three panels for him to draw her closing a distance, and he does it every single time. <laughs> it's such a it's such a weird, funny character trait. Like she just needs to walk like this, and then you see her using her power while walking like that. And it's like, oh god, that's actually really scary. Yeah. <laughs> she just uh, made of needles. I mean, like, I, that that scene where she's, like, upside down and just drops as a ball of spikes. She kind of just Sonic the Hedgehog's it. <laughs> it's so scary. And Nami gets prickled quite a bit, too. Yeah. I, I also think this is an interesting example. So, uh, during the fight with Croc, um, Croc mentions that he's de- he's he's purposefully developed his abilities far past what they originally were. And he mentions, like, some people are happy with the way their devil fruit powers are, but, you know, he's developed. And I feel, and this is something that comes up again later, but I feel like this is a good example of, she, you first see her using her abilities the way you'd expect him to use. She, you know, she turns her face into a spike and she shoots spikes and she punches with spikes. And then suddenly she acupunctures herself. Mm, yeah. Like, can you imagine trying to experiment <laughs> with yeah. that? Like how, like, and it's just an example of a devil fruit user who is, who, like Croc said, who has developed her powers beyond the obvious, beyond their, uh, their origin of, and, and just, it makes her so much stronger. She gets super beefy for a little bit. I know, she gets, she gets strong arms. Yeah. And he's good at that. He He's good at thinking these things too. Yeah. It's not just, it's not just telling he shows it and he yes 
He proves it. Like, <laughs> he One doesn't made... act like he's clever. He is fucking clever. Yeah. One Piece might be a slow burn, but it's a good slow burn. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, though, appreciate that, uh, as silly as the climate baton is, I do like that it lets her be sneaky. <laughs> her ability to just make oh. mirages. It suits her personality so well. It does. She gets to have a decoy. Yeah, and then we go into this fight. This Zoro and number one fight. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. So before Zoro and Nami split up to kind of fight their villains individually, um, we get to learn a little bit more about... We get to find a few more details about Zoro and his early run-in with Baroque Works. So we find out we find out that a few years ago, Baroque Works approached Zoro about joining them. Um how old is Zoro now? 18? Oh, right, right. Yeah, so when he was, I guess, about 16, it must have been 16, 15 years old, Baroque <laughs> Works showed up, and he had, I guess, made a, a, a name enough for himself to gain attention from a group from the Grand Line. Can you imagine the 16-year-old punk? Oh my fuck. Yes. Yes, because it's Zoro. <laughs> <laughs> Because he says, he says that the guy showed, Mr. Seven showed up to give him an offer and he said, I'd only join if I could be the boss. Oh my God. How freaking radical is that? You you mentioning his age difference, like that, that's actually kind of an interesting thought. I wouldn't have even thought about that. That he couldn't, he would, he would still like even a a younger teenager. (laughs) He couldn't have. He couldn't have been older than 16 years old. Uh, so Zoro just sees this as an opportunity to prove he can cut through steel. I, okay. <laughs> That's the entire, That's okay. That's it. That's his motivation for fighting this guy. So it, it's funny because like for a while now, there would be moments where Zoro, Zoro, the crazy guy who during this fight picks up a entire freaking building and he just, like, chucks it. Like, that guy? That Zoro? There's been times in the past few volumes, especially, pretty much since they got in the Grand Line, where Zoro laments about not being strong enough. Like, like even when they were in the cage, he, he he's mad that he can't cut through steel. So he, he, he's, he's been saying this for a while. If only I could cut through steel. And then he runs into this fucker. <laughs> Finally. And, and that's the only thing he cares about. Finally! I've been waiting for this. I'm finally going to power up. <laughs> he sees him as an opportunity. Yeah, and and as a result, it turns into a really good fight. I was going to say, he did get a challenge. So, okay, so after the fight at Whiskey Peak, we talked about how up until this point, we really haven't seen Zoro's kind of true potential, really. Because mm-hmm. um, he's either been handicapped in some way or super injured like super duper injured during all his fights and even on the grand line we haven't really seen him get into like a crazy hardcore fight this is kind of the first one where he's fighting with someone who's who who is a match for him at all we even get we get a little zoro flashback oh yeah that's right with his master <laughs> it's so good but but zoro remembering this moment and like oh now i get it he hasn't been challenged enough to have these moments in a while. So it's, I don't know, it's just a nice change of pace for his character. The important line from it is, 
a blade that injures all that it touches isn't really a sword. Yeah. So, yeah, this ends up a tough fight. We Even, like, Zoro gets a little soft in there. He, he gets chunked up pretty good. He's got some, like, inner dialogue that's a little dire. Yeah, like, he's just, like, he's at his end. Like, he said, don't turn your back on him. He's just, like, in, in this, like, I'm having bad luck with Stone today. He just really seems to be, and, like, then he's like, I wonder if the others are okay. Yeah, you can definitely tell that he's kind of at, he's, he's at his limit. He's at, he knows he's at the limit of his skill. Like, this guy is made of steel, how do I defeat him? And it doesn't, it, it isn't until he has that epiphany, that memory, and that understanding that he's finally able to, he's finally able to make it happen. Um, but the pose, <laughs> the the very, it's like the very last two pages of the, of the volume. Ooh. Ooh. It, it is one of my favorite things that Oda does with Zoro, um, where he has a couple of, like, moves where you don't even see the drawing. You, you don't see, you don't see the action. Draw. No, you don't see the action. You just see him with his sword and a sheath. Mm. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Because you get such a clear idea of like, Mr. Oh. Bushido. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, anyway, Zoro's the best and I love him. Yeah. Zoro appreciate. This is my Zoro appreciation read. <laughs> I was talking about that again with my friend the other day. This is, uh, definitely didn't, just definitely didn't appreciate him enough. <laughs> Nobody appreciates him enough. That's a lie. A lot of people like oh, Zoro. Yeah, well, a lot of people love Zoro. <laughs> Maybe that's, I, I honestly think that might be why I didn't appreciate him enough, because he's such a, like, highlighted, just, popular character that I he just, just kind of didn't like really cool give guy. him any mind, and now I'm, like, yeah. noticing his little nuances that, like, he's, he's kind of... A little more gentle-hearted than I gave him credit for. Yeah. And a lot more fun, and I like him. Yeah. He's he's a good. He's yeah. a good boy. Um, but before we start wrapping up, there's the matter of uh, two dancing fools. We get a silly, silly, silly little side story. Yeah. The the side story. So this is, this is the side story that's been going on for a little while that we've kind of been ignoring um, with uh, Django and Full Body. What unlikely characters to just run into each other. <laughs> so, we're on volume 21. Um, Black Cat Pirates happened, I want to say, like, 17 volumes ago? <laughs> Michael yeah. Jackson made a return. <laughs> Moonwalked right in, into a Freaking... dance contest. Yeah, so he shows up on Mirrorball Island. Which is one of my favorite things, because it's, it's very clear that Oda just wants to have a disco. He just wants to have disco times. Um, but Django enters this dance contest and competes against Full Body. They become, they become good friends. And then pirates attack. And, and oh no! And they beat the pirates together. And Django offers himself up to be arrested. Uh, but he gets acquitted, because the power of friendship. <laughs> because it's one piece. And then he joins the Navy. And then he joins the Navy, so now Django's part of the Navy. And we got to see in the background of that last <gasps> panel. Yeah, we got to see uh, Kobe and Helmeppo with Garp. With Garp. Yeah. That's not going to pay off for a while, but <laughs> one one piece. It's a little thing that I appreciate now rereading. <laughs> uh, but that... That that about does it. Yeah. That about does it for this this uh 
That was these fun. last three volumes. These were God. These these three volumes were exhausting. I'm exhausted. Yeah, it was hard to <laughs> just. It was hard to structure. Just so chaotic. There's a lot of back and forth, and and so up to much. this point, there really hasn't been that much. Usually, it's very focused on the what the, what the crew is going through. This time, it was it's it's a lot of there's politics happening. There's geography. What? <laughs> Get out what? that spreadsheet. Oda Sensei is gonna explain to you how much time has passed, so you so you make sure you understand, and also he understands how much time has passed since this thing happened. Ugh. Anyway. So the next episode will be up on Monday, February 28th, covering volumes 22 through 24. I'm very excited because there will be more Hachan, which we didn't get to talk about. Uh, we're going to try to get back on our normal schedule. Now that the holidays and also PAX is over, uh, it should be easier for us to keep up with one episode every other week. Until next time, you can check us out on Twitter at Straw Hat Voyage. And from there, you can find a link to our Discord, and you can chat with us, whether you're reading along or just a fan yeah. of the show. Share, share with us your Come thoughts and your, us. and your fan arts. Talk to me about how much you like Zoro now, because I've convinced you. <laughs> it's so, it was so hard. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, just in case you've forgotten, the intro and outro for our podcast is One Piece Opening 20 Hope Remix by Andrezo Works and Akano. And you can check out more of their amazing anime covers and remixes on YouTube and find a link to download the song in our podcast description. Woohoo! Yay! Yeah. That was fun, and I am excited for more, and some of my favorite arcs are coming up, so I'm getting yeah. real excited for some of this stuff. It, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome to see this this arc that's been going on for a billion years finally wrap up for basically half of the entire run of this comic up to this point mm -hmm. have we been have we been with vb and talking about alabasta um and then we'll get into some real good stuff oh yeah oh I'm yeah so excited the burning so passion excited. of jamie's gonna come right out yes uh but until next time yeah. same pirate channel same oh. pirate time oh no <laughs> see y'all yar bye <laughs> Put the touch of air, A and me